The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Thursday, November 10th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news made possible when you buy earbuds and headphones using the code BBNC at buzzburbank.com. Many of the same people who chanted locker up about Hillary Clinton are now asking Clinton supporters to come together as one people in peace and harmony. Not so fast, say many of those on the losing side. Hundreds of thousands of protesters took to the streets last night in Kansas City, Seattle, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Portland, Nashville, New York, Washington, D.C., Oakland, Philadelphia, Boston, Providence, Rhode Island, Omaha, Dallas, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Austin, Texas, and elsewhere burning effigies of the president-elect, blocking roads and carrying signs that read, Not My President, Impeach Trump, F Trump, and Resign or Revolt. Across the country, children cried to learn the outcome of the election that was decided while they were sleeping, especially immigrant children. Half the country anxiously awaits to see if Trump will govern the same way he campaigned. Before he goes to court to face accusations of fraud and sexual assault, Mr. Trump goes to Washington today, a city in which over 90% of the voters voted for someone other than him. Trump goes to the White House today to look around, kick the tires, and meet with our current president. Now officially a lame duck, Barack Obama took to a lectern in the Rose Garden to promise a smooth transition of power, putting on a brave and united face for the rest of the world. Aware that half of Americans are in shock and mourning over the election of Trump, Obama told the reporters gathered... The presidency is bigger than any of us. We are all rooting for his success in uniting and leading the country. That is the hope of many, despite recollections of the Republican pledge when Obama was elected to block his every move at every turn. Aware that his own legacy is at grave risk, the president urged liberals to keep fighting for what they believe, but he also told them to keep country before politics. We are Americans first, said Mr. Obama, adding, that's what I heard in Mr. Trump's remarks when I spoke to him directly. In the wee hours of the morning, President Obama had called Trump to offer congratulations, as had Hillary Clinton, of whom Obama said he could not be more proud. He saluted her life of public service and said her candidacy sends a message to our daughters. In her official concession speech about an hour before the president spoke, Mrs. Clinton told the crowd that in her late-night phone call to Donald Trump, she, quote, offered to work with him on behalf of our country, adding, I hope he will be a successful president for all Americans. She told her supporters, we must accept the result. Donald Trump is going to be our next president. We owe him, she said, an open mind and a chance to lead. Our democracy, said Clinton, enshrines the peaceful transfer of power, and we don't just respect that, we cherish it. Donald Trump, in his victory speech at 3 a.m. Wednesday morning, promised to unite the country and, quote, bind the wounds of division. It was Trump who inflicted those wounds, disparaging Latinos, Muslims, and women, along with several prominent Republicans. And it was Trump who promised to jail Clinton over the email problem that never was, prompting his angry crowds of supporters to chant, lock her up. In his victory speech, at an hour he'd normally be tweeting about Miss Universe, Trump said of Clinton, we owe her a major debt of gratitude for her service to the country. For the second time in 16 years, the Democratic presidential candidate has won the most popular votes but still lost the election. Clinton supporters outvoted Trump supporters by nearly a quarter million people. And a lot more people voted for someone other than Trump than voted for him. 
Trump won, however, based on the electoral college system designed by our founding fathers and modified over the years. When you vote, you're voting for your state's members in the electoral college, not the candidates themselves. That person then has an obligation to vote as the people in their state voted, and in most states, it's winner-take-all. But unlike the 2000 election in which Al Gore beat George W. Bush, there is no single state to reverse as there was with Florida 16 years ago. By the time the electoral count is finalized, Trump will have easily surpassed the necessary 270, probably landing in the 290s. This is the fifth time in U.S. history that the Electoral College vote has, pardon the expression, trumped the popular vote. What faces will make up a Donald Trump administration? Officially, he has not said, but Politico has spoken with people close to Trump and a few experts and came up with this. As mentioned here yesterday, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is a good bet for Secretary of State, although Trump's also looking at Republican Tennessee Senator Bob Corker, who chairs the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and controversial former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton. The Treasury Secretary might come straight from Wall Street, Steve Mnuchin, who was with Goldman Sachs for 17 years. For Secretary of Defense, Trump's advisor in the campaign, retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, the former head of the Defense Intelligence Committee, although he'd need a waiver from Congress since it hasn't been the required seven years since leaving the Pentagon. As mentioned here, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani would be the nation's attorney general. Chris Christie's been considered for that job as well, but his Bridgegate scandal may be closing in on him. An oil billionaire, Harold Hamm's being considered for energy secretary. And to protect our parks and preserves would be oil industry tycoon Forrest Lucas as interior secretary although former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin has been considered for running interior as well. As a vice presidential candidate, Palin often repeated the Republican mantra, drill, baby, drill. Trump may choose his personal economic advisor, Dan D'Amico, as Commerce Secretary, but Chris Christie's on that list also, along with former Texas Governor Rick Perry. Florida Governor Rick Scott's reportedly being considered for Health and Human Services Secretary. Newt Gingrich's name reappears on this list along with the man who may be Trump's first choice, former competing candidate, Republican Dr. Ben Carson. Trump's also reportedly considered for health and human services a former pharmaceutical executive. As for the Department of Education, Trump's talked about doing away with that agency altogether, or at least cutting it back. Ben Carson reappears on that list, along with William Evers, who worked at the Education Department in the Bush administration. Trump's also talked about doing away with the Environmental Protection Agency, but later said he would task it with getting the lead out of America's drinking water. Now he's considering making the EPA chief a global warming denier and venture capitalist. For Homeland Security Chief, Chris Christie's name appears again, along with the Milwaukee Sheriff David Cook, who shouted Blue Lives Matter at the Republican convention. Worth expanding on from yesterday, the news that the Senate, again contrary to the polls, remains in the hands of Republicans. Although Democrats did increase their Senate presence by two seats, it wasn't the four to six seats expected by a long shot. And some of the Republicans who won are worth noting, especially North Carolina's Richard Burr, who'd earlier said he and Trump were cut from the same cloth, and later expressed his surprise there wasn't a gun sight marking over Hillary Clinton's face on the cover of a rifle magazine. House Speaker Paul Ryan, who was appalled by Trump's behavior on the campaign trail, now says he will work with Trump for a unified Republican government. Among the international agreements Trump is ready to tear up as president is the Iran nuclear deal, which has led to the dismantling of Iran's nuclear program. 
This is happy news for Republicans in Congress, but especially for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who also hates the Iran nuclear deal, which had been a great source of pride for President Obama. Netanyahu called Trump yesterday to congratulate him on the win and called Trump a true friend of Israel. This is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. Here's this year's perfect stocking stuffer, earbuds and headphones from TweakedAudio.com. These are great, especially the new Hegon Sport earbuds. They're orange and gray with silicone caps to help them stay put. They're water-resistant and tangle-free and come with a travel pouch so they're ready to go the distance. The Hegon Sports Buds have an inline mic, a gold-plated plug, and, of course, extra gels for your ears. All the other Tweaked Audio earbuds come in a range of styles, colors, and materials, including wood. Tweaked Audio products just sound better, especially designed to reduce outside noise. And you cannot beat the prices for this level of quality. You can even get buds in sets of two or three to save even more. And you can save an extra one-third off their already amazing prices when you check out with the code BBNC at tweakedaudio.com. They make the perfect gift, and Tweaked Audio provides free shipping anywhere in the world. Thank you for supporting this news by shopping through tweakedaudio.com. In other post-election notes, four states raised their minimum wages this week in the face of a Congress that refuses to do that nationally. Voters in Colorado, Maine, and Arizona raised their minimums to 12 bucks an hour by the year 2020, and Washington state voters raised it to $13.50 an hour by that same deadline. The federal minimum, locked in for years and for years to come by Republicans, stands at $7.25 an hour. Voters in Colorado agreed to allow doctor-assisted suicide, not for those despondent over the election, but for the terminally ill, same as in Oregon, Washington, California, Montana, and Vermont. Proposition 106 allows doctors to provide prescriptions to bring a comfortable death to suffering patients who have six months or less to live. The patient will need two doctors to declare the patient's sanity, which rules out those ravaged by Alzheimer's. And for a closer look at this week's marijuana votes, with California joining Washington and Oregon in legalizing weed, the entire West Coast now, plus Nevada and Maine, grows the part of the country in which that's the case, and it furthers the conversation about changes in our federal laws, which still classify pot as a dangerous drug and include stiff penalties for possession. A recreational marijuana measure did not pass in Arizona, but would have had it not required 60% of the vote. In California, voters not only legalized recreational marijuana, they voted against requiring porn performers to wear condoms. The porn-viewing public generally prefers to watch sex without condoms, and the requirement could have pushed the lucrative porn business out of California and more into Florida, where it's already flourishing. That measure was opposed not only by the porn industry, but by the so-called free speech coalition. The porn industry argued it tests its performers every two weeks. Voters in California and Colorado cities voted to tax sugary soft drinks by a penny an ounce to discourage their mass consumption to combat obesity. In Boulder, voters approved a two cents per ounce soda tax. Three San Francisco suburbs approved sugar drink taxes as well, joining Oakland and across the country, Philadelphia. Gun control was on the ballot in a handful of states. In California, they required background checks for people buying ammunition and outlawed ammo magazines that hold 10 rounds or more. They made not reporting a stolen gun a crime and made it easier to take guns away from convicted felons. The NRA may have won the White House and Congress but lost some battles against common-sense gun laws. 
Nevada voted to expand background checks on private gun sales and transfers, including online and at gun shows. A similar new law passed in Maine. But in Arizona, voters finally dumped Joe Arpaio as sheriff for more than 20 years. Arpaio, now 84 years old, had endorsed Donald Trump and was known for his racial profiling of Hispanics and for housing prisoners, some of whom faced no charges, in sweltering tents. Arpaio still faces sentencing for violating repeated federal orders to stay out of federal immigration enforcement. One by one, Charleston, South Carolina police officers are testifying on behalf of former fellow cop Michael Slager, who killed Walter Scott in a traffic stop, shooting Scott in the back five times. Officers have testified that then-officer Slager had struggled with Scott and that Slager's actions could have been justified. Slager has said he feared for his life after Scott allegedly grabbed his taser. Critics have suggested the taser was planted near Scott's body in an effort to justify that brutal killing. In Cincinnati, former officer Ray Tensing testified in his own defense, saying he feared for his life when he shot an unarmed black man there last year. Tensing stands by his story. He feared Sam DeBose was trying to run him over, even though video does not back up Tensing's claims. Tensing reportedly later told others he had intended to shoot DuBose in the head. On their way out of the voting booths in Rochester, New York, women and men stopped at a local cemetery to put their I Voted stickers on the gravestone of Susan B. Anthony. By the end of the evening, there were some 5,000 stickers on that stone. Ms. Anthony died in 1906, 14 years before winning her battle to legalize voting by women across the country. After so many people in Rochester had voted for a candidate they hoped would be our first female president, they paid tribute to the woman who made that even a possibility. And finally, a footnote about the Kansas State University student who got his Kit Kat bar stolen from his car while it was parked outside his dorm. As reported here earlier, his friends on social media made sure he had plenty of Kit Kats to replace the stolen one. But the Hershey Corporation decided that wasn't enough. For breaking them off a piece of nice publicity, Hershey is now sending Hunter Jobbins 6,500 Kit Kat bars. In fact, one of their reps flew in from Hershey Park to deliver the candy bars personally. The person who took Jobbins' original Kit Kat left a note saying he loved that candy bar and was hungry. To him, Jobbins says, I would love to thank you and give you as many Kit Kats as you want because this whole thing has turned into a really cool experience. In the meantime, Hunter Jobbins is handing out Kit Kats left and right to other students on campus. To quote a favorite adaptation of Dickens' Christmas Carol, give them away and nobody can rob you. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and comment. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.